We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome in to the NBA front office show. We thought Keith and I were just talking. We thought there wasn't a lot going on in the NBA. And then boom, boom, boom. Everything went went nuts this morning. We've got all kinds of stuff to get into, including James Harden, uh, some players the Rockets might be looking at, Calvin Booth trying to walk back his comments, which we talked about yesterday. And as bizarre as it is, a crazy... I never would have anticipated this turn <laughs> in the Austin Reeves dating Taylor Swift rumors. Uh, hey, Keith, this league, man, I, I don't know what else, what else to say. Like I would have never anticipated this going where it went. It's hilarious. And in my mind, this is the most bizarre thing we've seen since the Deandre Jordan chair barricade incident from years back. Yeah. I mean, I'd have to go through, a number of years of stupid stories in the NBA, but that's why we love it. It's the dumbest best league ever, right? It's, it's just, I mean, there's just absolute nonsense that comes out with this league. We don't even need to do scheduled nonsense because we have no. actual, actual like nonsense to talk about. So it's a, yeah, it's crazy, but we should probably start with a real basketball story. Yes. We will kick things. Then we'll get, we'll to get the into the nonsense at the end. We'll 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 spare everybody from that. So if you don't care about the Austin Reeves and Taylor Swift rumor and where it all started, it is a crazy story. But we're gonna put that at the end. That'll be our scheduled nonsense for the day. Yeah. Uh, let's start off with this one though, which maybe this is a little bit of nonsense too, frankly. But James Harden, it's a no show for the 76ers. The 76ers uh, are in Philly. James Harden, according to our pal Jake Fisher. He's in Houston, so not not ideal. But then, does this really change anything, Keith? I mean, to me, this just kind of keeps the status quo, but it does add a bit more of a spotlight back onto. Like, if James Harden was just there and things were progressing normally, then maybe things would start to cool off a little bit. By him no showing, he's keeping the attention on what's happening here. Yeah, it was last night. You know, fairly late in the evening on the East coast when I think it was Jake put out a piece that said pretty much there's nothing going on with the trade and mm -hmm. there everybody's prepared for Harden to be with Philadelphia to start the year. And then uh, this morning there's reporting all over the place. So yeah, he's not even with the team and now it's yeah. come out. He left the team on Sunday 
Uh, he went through practice. They're, they're obviously bad. They did training camp in Colorado, but now they've played games. They're back in their practice facilities in New Jersey. But mm-hmm. he did his, uh, I think, or Delaware, one of the two. But he did his, uh, did his uh, practices and then has gone back to Houston. And now what's interesting is we don't know if Philly, when he missed that first day of training camp in Colorado, we may never know. Are they counting that as an excused absence or did they kind of tag that as one of the 30 days? It's important to remember. I think a lot of people by now know there's the whole 30 days of withholding service. It's not a 30 day countdown that resets every time he shows up. It's 30 total days. So anytime between now and the end of his contract on June 30th, uh, he it's 30 days. If he refuses to show up and isn't there when he's supposed to be, they can count that towards it. So it's really messy. But to your kind of last part of your question there, I don't know that it changes anything. I don't know that this, what would this change for Philly? I don't know if Philly cares at all. Yeah, I mean, they wanted to trade him before. They just, they still want to trade him. He wants to be traded, right? I mean, yep. they just, their goal, their goal isn't so much, this team needs James Harden. It's this team needs really good players and losing a really good player like James Harden sets us back in the championship pursuit. If we can get a player who we think can help us win a championship, who is of uh, an equal talent level, who doesn't set us back in our pursuit of championship, goodbye, James Harden. Like that's, that's where Philly is at. And, And perhaps rightfully so given where things are at with Joel Embiid, right? I mean, you can't change trade James Harden for, nothing from the Clippers and satisfy Joel Embiid. He's not going to be happy with, with that. So it's an interesting standoff here. Woj had today that there's been little movement in, in any kind of trade that the Clippers and the 76ers. Yeah, they've talked, but both sides want what they want and nobody is, is really budging there. So like Jake reported, we probably do wind up with Harden on the 76ers to start the season. Um, I like the way you of- phrase that. What? On the 76ers, not yes. playing for the 76ers, because who knows what that'll look like, right? I think right. we're in a position where the the on the 76ers, yeah, 100%, but is he going to play? Yeah, that's that's a whole other story, right? And is he going to play or not no. play because he's not there, so he can't play? Or is he not going to play because they're like, no, you can just be on the bench. We, we don't want to you know, have you play. That becomes a whole other part of the story, too. Right. So even if they get him to show up, and maybe the 30-day clock is is a factor here, but even if you get James Harden to show up, what version of James Harden are you getting? Correct. That's a big question as well yeah. for the 76ers. So uh, this, uh, this whole thing is a mess. Um, I, I At some point, you would think maybe they see eye to eye on a deal, but right now both sides seem to be pretty dug it. Now, Sometimes this is the kind of stuff that gets out when teams are trying to make a deal and just trying to reiterate their position and strengthen their their bargaining position. But it, it seems like both these sides are really firmly entrenched in what they want to do and what they don't want to do. The Clippers, we've heard it forever. They don't want to move Terrence Mann in part of the deal. And the 76ers are like, oh, come on, it's Terrence Mann. Are you kidding me? Um, just do this and, and get it done. Um, I don't know when this is ultimately going to going to end or how. I just don't know that there's much else James Harden can do short of like playing in a game and shooting right hand. He's a lefty <laughs> shooting right-handed the entire game or something like that. And then they would just bench him. I don't know that there's much more James Harden can do 
to incentivize the 76ers Sixers to say, that's it, I'm done. We're, we're just going to move you and get whatever we can get. Yeah, I mean, the Sixers seem pretty well locked in on this is what we need to get. And we are not changing our minds. It's going to be this or nothing, whether that is we need, to your point, a player who keeps us in contention or assets we can flip for a player who keeps us in contention. I've said it a million times, so I won't go deep into it here. But the idea of getting such a player and maintaining cap flexibility into the summer, that always Mm -hmm. seemed like a pipe dream. Like that just doesn't seem like a realistic thing that's going to happen. So I think we're in a spot with James Harden where, yeah, I don't know. I always wonder, right. We like to, to trace back who does it benefit for this to come out? Well, doesn't really benefit James Harden because he kind of looks like an idiot. Doesn't really benefit the Sixers because it's like, yeah, he's not even here. Maybe the Clippers were the ones who put this out there of like, hey, he's not there. Like, you better come down on your asking price. And right. You'll get something done. I, I don't know. I mean, maybe it is the Sixers are like, hey, we're sick of this guy. And we're just going to let you know, hey, he's not even here. Like, that's, right. that's why you're not seeing him. That's why, you know, there's been no media availability or any of that stuff. So I mean, maybe it is Harden saying, yeah, I'm not going anymore. I'm done you know, with this. So I, I really don't know where to take this and what this all means like i just think it's you know continues to be super messy my thing is i'm the la clippers i'm not up in my offer why clearly they are the only serious bidder mm-hmm. unless there's somebody that we have no expectations of jumping in jumping in here so if you're if you're the the clippers like i'm kind of holding firm we're healthy right now we're ready to go for the start of the season we don't necessarily need to make this trade today. This you know, trade will be here for months to come. And I'm just going to kind of hold firm on what I've been offering. If I'm you know, the Clippers and Lawrence Frank and that front office, because I don't see any reason up my offer. Well, and I think that, I mean, this is, look, if this was James Harden of five years ago, obviously there would be many more teams that would be interested in making an offer. But, but this isn't James Harden from five years ago. So I think if you're the Clippers, you could look at this and say, this isn't a home run. Like this isn't a 100% foolproof guaranteed. We do this and we're in the finals type yeah. move. If it's James Harden a few years ago, yeah, it probably is. And then you do sure. go going, but again, there's other shooters and everything. But if you're the Clippers, you could look at this and say, and I guess this is kind of the key when we're looking at any type of deal. Can I live with letting this go? Can I yep. live with letting this go? If I don't pay this, this price, am I Okay with that or am I always going to look at that and say man I wish I had just paid a little bit more and gotten this thing done I think that this is a deal with enough with enough question marks about around it where if you're the clippers you can say you know what I'm okay if this if this doesn't get done and I think if you're Philly I'm sitting there saying all right we'll talk to you around Christmas when yeah Paul George or Kawhi is out for a month with some kind of injury and you're not the team you thought you were going to be. And now maybe you will pay up. So I see it from both sides. Why there's no reason to give and budge that generally tends to be though, where to to the point you made before both sides kind of come together. Right. And it's like, all right, we're both being a little silly. We're asking too much. We're offering too little. Let's kind of meet more in the middle and let's go. But I I don't know, maybe maybe this is turning into a Damian Lillard thing where it's, I'm going to, you know, hold my ground that unless they give me exactly what I want, I'm not trading them to the place where mm-hmm. he wants to go simply because, because that's where he wants to be. Like we don't have any obligation to do that. The difference is 
we knew Damian Lillard was going to show up in Portland and still play yeah. and be, you know, a good teammate and everything. Had he not been traded, James Harden clearly were not there. So it, it's going to continue to be a story and a mess. And I know people are tired of it, but every time there's, you know, even any kind of update like this, it's important that we cover it because we don't see holdouts like this in the NBA. Everything mm-hmm. is designed to not have situations like this in the NBA. Yeah, this is not Le'Veon Bell from years yeah. ago. This uh, That's not what we're, what we're used to seeing in the NBA. So it's going to be interesting. I, I mean, I guess James Harden could start you know, putting out uh, selfies from fast food drive through lines on, <laughs> on social media or something like that. But right. But uh, other than that, I don't I don't know where this goes. He could be like, here. I'm going to threaten to look like Keith Smith if you uh, don't <laughs> trade me and then see what you get in a deal. Hey, come on. <laughs> Hey, um, I can I can poke fun at myself. I'm good. I'm feeling good, man. I'm. I'm I was happy, gonna say, but you're 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 look you're slimming down every day, my friend. We're working on. We're working on. We're working hard. All right, let's talk a little bit about the Houston Rockets beyond James Harden hanging out <laughs> there in Houston. Uh, It'd be funny if he just started showing up at Rockets games and stuff. Right? Like, that'd be hilarious. Like, like in his jersey. <laughs> in his old jersey to show right? <laughs> um, with an entourage of strippers like dropping glitter okay. all over the floor in Houston. <laughs> now that would be true, like scheduled nonsense material right yes. there. Perfect. Um the Rockets are reportedly looking at guards. Uh, is this, you know, in the wake of the, the whole Kevin Porter Jr. Uh, situation now he's traded he's with Oklahoma City. They are ultimately going to to waive him. Of course, we'll keep an eye on that story and see what you know, what comes of, of everything going on with that, but the Rockets now looking at, at guards, but what's, what's out there for them at the moment? Yeah. It sounds like the guys that they're looking at, it's, it's a collection of vet veterans that I think we've all kind of, kind of known. So it's Alec Burks, Malcolm Brogdon. And then the one that's to me a little more interesting is Taylor Horton Tucker mm-hmm. um, apparently is, is maybe more available than I think I had heard or knew um, from Utah. It makes some sense, right? Utah's got a little bit of a glut of guards. Now you've got Jordan Clarkson back. You got Colin Sexton. They really like Chris Dunn who played quite well for them yeah. uh, after they picked him up. So you're starting to run into a little bit of a, all right, what are we going to do with all these guys? And Keontae George. They, they have a glut of guards that aren't the guy for them. Correct. Yeah. You know none of I mean? those guys are, yeah. None of those guys are marking, marking in or Kessler or like we're building around these guys. So they're all, yeah. you know, definitely tradable. And, and Horton Tucker, and well, really all of these guys, the important thing to note, I, I'll make sure is, um, with Horton Tucker, he is, I believe, yeah, he's on the final year of his contract. Uh, Alec Burks is on the final year of his contract. And then Brogdon has one more year left after this year. But it tells Mm -hmm. me that Houston knows, and we might be a little bit light on the guard line, Fred Van Vliet and Jeff Green, or Jalen Green. I'm going to do that all year long. (laughs) Um, Locked in as our starting guards. And that's really good. And you're going to be good with that. Then at behind them, it's going to be all right. Well, we're going to give you know Eamon Thompson some of the run here, and you know he's going to get some ball handling duties. And then we're kind of into guys like Aaron Holiday and mm-hmm. you know guys who aren't necessarily you know more third guard type guys. So yeah, if you could add one more veteran guard into the mix, why not? You know, go ahead. And now you've got Victor Oladipo plus whatever you want to put together as the tradable contracts to try to go get a guy like that. Obviously Oladipo alone, his salary is enough to go get 
Horton Tucker or Burks, they don't make so much. Brogdon, you'd have to piece together probably one or two more players. But, you know, yeah, if you could throw, you know, I don't know, Oladipo and Jay Sean Tate to the Trailblazers for, you know, Brogdon, maybe the Trailblazers are like, yeah, we get Jay Sean Tate, uh, another, you know, defensive guy, another guy who could be a nice fit with our, our, you know, young rebuilding roster and we go and, you know, we just kind of go from there. That could be something that could, could be done. Aggregating Oladipo, that's a 60-day thing. So right. you're going to have to wait a little because they're over the cap. But, you know, that that's just kind of the options there. But it, it makes sense to me why Houston's interested. It seems like they're really trying to push things forward to let's really play meaningful games until – I always say, you know, if you're playing meaningful games when you're a rebuilding team into March, you've, you've, you've had a pretty solid season. I'll tell you what I would do if I'm the Rockets is I'm letting the first month or two of the season play out. Yeah. And then seeing where I'm at. Am yep. I a team that's performing a bit better than expected that, that maybe, you know, maybe you've got Fred Van Vliet's doing well enough and, uh, and Dylan Brooks is doing well enough to where you're somehow hanging around like the ninth seed or eighth seed or you know, whatever it is in the West. You're, you're, so you're in the mix. Mm-hmm. Then I think that incentivizes you to go get, Malcolm Brogdon, if, if you can get him, because sure. that's a guy that you could add in and it's going to help you right now. If not, you could make it an argument for taking a flyer on Taylor Horton Tucker, which I actually don't like the a little bit of overlap there between THT and Jalen Green in terms of skill set and kind of what they what it's they too do. Too much on ball, yeah. Yes, that, that's what I mean. They're they're both they both need to be on the ball, ball in their hands, that that type of thing. But you could at least say, hey, he's a young player still has some upside, and this is the kind of guy we need to target right now. We're not winning right now anyway. But if they find themselves in the mix, if they outperform their expectations, maybe that informs their decision enough to say, you know what? We put Malcolm Brogdon out there with Fred Van Vliet, with Dylan Brooks, with some of these other guys that uh, that we've got. And we've got, you know, Alper and Sangoon maybe takes a, a leap. And next thing you know, we've got a puncher's chance here and we're getting playoff revenue or something, or, or at least play in and, uh, and off we go. So that's what I'm doing if I'm Houston. I'm not making that move right now until I get a, get a true sense of what it is that they need. If those are the primary options, if it's like a THT versus a Malcolm Brogdon picking, picking which path you go, I want my record to inform that decision. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm in on that. I think that's really smart because I think what you were looking at a month, two months, whenever it was that Kevin Porter jr. Got himself in trouble prior to that. You were thinking, all right, our three guard rotation is Van Vliet, Green, and Porter Jr., and then we'll work mm-hmm. Thompson into that mix while also playing him on the wing. Now I think the idea is, all right, Thompson now slides into the Porter Jr. slot. If we need somebody else, we've got you know a million forwards on this team that can play on the wing, and we'll just do that. And, then, and you're right, yeah, if we get to Christmas or January and you're starting to be like, you know, geez, you know, Thompson – we just like him better on the wing than Mm -hmm. with the ball in his hands or whatever the case may be, or we're playing better. And he, he needs a lot more reps doing that before we trust him in big games. Yeah. Then you go and make the move for the veteran guard and, and kind of flush out your rotation and go. And I like the idea of doing it too, because I don't think the asking price for any of those guys today is going to be astronomical, right? It's going to be hey, throw us a, you know, some form of draft pick, and maybe a younger player who you know could be something, and then we'll we're gonna kick you this guard and we'll go. I mean, it should be a lot less for a guy like Alec Burks. That's that screams yeah. like the traditional like two seconds and matching salary type trade. Probably, you know, you could maybe 
maybe get a late first for for Horton Tucker. And then Brogdon's probably the one where that'd be, all right, well, we need a little bit more, right? We need a real first or something like that or a real young player we like. But, yeah, that's something you can decide on down the line if you're you're Houston. So, But I, I like the idea of the Rockets continuing to be aggressive you know, as yeah. they build this out. They need to be. They need to be. Yep. All right. We talked about him yesterday. Calvin Booth um, made some comments uh, that were not very GM-esque, at least not public-facing stuff, right? When he was talking uh, about Bruce Brown, talking about Michael Porter Jr., and, and talking about uh, how the me first players and uh, and Bones Highland, not you know Bones Highland and Michael Porter Jr. both being me guys in quotes, you know, not being guys who are. Uh, who are going to spend a lot of focus on defense and they're going to shoot the ball a lot. They're not going to, they're not going to be team first players. And um, uh, obviously there was a strong reaction to that. Now he's walking back those comments saying that these quotes were not for public consumption under no circumstances. would I make or approve of those kind of comments for public consumption, that's not my character as a person or executive. Keith, you and I have both been in, Plenty of situations for years now where somebody says something to you, somebody who's with a team or an agent or whatever, and says, hey, you know, this is off the record, but blah, 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 right? Um, we've had that happen tons of times. This stuff wound up being published in a story, and it sounds like Calvin Booth is basically saying, like, hey, I didn't authorize this stuff to go in. Is this just him trying to save face, or, or what do you, what do you make of, of all of this? Yeah, it's tough because... Kevin O'Connor, who I'll admittedly hand up is a friend yeah. of mine, you know, and somebody I've known for years um, from back when we were both doing Celtics related stuff. And we grew up at the same area. We actually went to the same college, very different times. I'm far older than uh, Kevin is. Um, but I, so this is not just me coming to his defense here, but I know if this was said, it was not said in an off the record situation. He, he's done this long enough to know, you know, I don't, I'm not going to publish a bunch of off the record stuff right. that was said to me. Calvin Booth, in where to be clear, where he's saying, where the quote you just read about, you know, I wouldn't make um, or those wouldn't be for public consumption. He said that on ESPN2's broadcast. So the Nuggets, he was Nuggets Clippers last night. Mm -hmm. um, so that he was on there just kind of being asked. And then he, he, you know, answered about that. And my thing is, did you not make those comments? or they weren't for public consumption because they're not both mm -hmm. right. Either you, you said it and it wasn't supposed to get out or you didn't say it, you know, but you got to be clear about that. And I think this is, he's trying to save some face here. I think he, he was, we talked about it yesterday. I think it was yesterday. Um, we like that. He was so refreshingly candid. Like it was awesome mm -hmm. to get this stuff, but that does come with some issues. And now we're in a spot where, all right, it caused you a little bit of a problem. And, you know, I mean, maybe, right? I don't I don't care too much about the Bones Highland and Bruce Brown stuff beyond Bruce Brown was a big party winning the title. Like, yeah, maybe let's be a little more respectful. But those guys are gone. So they're not a part of the Nuggets. They're probably not going to be a part of the Nuggets anytime soon. Michael Porter Jr., that's a one that's a little bit harder. But on the flip side, I would hope if you think Michael Porter Jr. was too much of a me player to have two guys that were like that. And you think he's too much of a non-defender to have two guys that were like that. I would hope he knows that. Cause you've already had that conversation, you know, mm. where it's like, Hey, either one of you has to go. We decided ultimately it's Bones Highland, but just so you know, like, this is where we're at with you. 
you know, and those kind of things, because that's, you know, that's, and that's fine. That's fine feedback to know. But my guess is, you know, this just, he didn't, he doesn't like the way this came off or more likely doesn't like the reaction to it. And now we're in a spot where it's become a story. Yeah. And that's, that's probably really what it is. Like if this, if that just got overlooked and nobody made any comments about it, we didn't see it. We didn't make a, make a show about it and and all of that. Um, Then then he's probably not saying anything here. Um, Mm -hmm. Again, I, I have a hard, again, I don't know for sure exactly what happened, but like you, I have a hard time believing that Calvin Booth would have said, Hey, KOC, this is off the record, but I'm going to tell you that this guy doesn't play defense and, and teams are foolish for going after Bruce Brown. You know, the thing, the things that he said, and then KOC would, would turn around and publish that in a story. I have a hard time believing that that, is what took place again. I don't know. Hundred percent. Yeah, I don't know, I, but that, that just doesn't have the ring of truth to it to me. Exactly. Yep. I. I mean, people can say I'm defending a friend, and it's fine. I mean, to some extent, I am. But like, I know that's not you know um, that I. I just don't see that being you know a thing. Yeah. All right. Uh, Adam Silver said he wants to return the All Star format to East versus West, and Keith. The, the only thing I think of is. Are they ever going to settle on something? Are they are they ever going to figure figure out what it is in quotes with the with the All Star Game to to just settle on something? Because it feels like we're just, the All Star Game. It's good for a couple of years, then it stinks, and then it's okay. Let's change some stuff and try to fix this, and then it's good for a couple of years, and then it stinks, and okay, let's change it. Let's go back to what we were doing before. And let... we're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis. Analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts.
at, at what point do we just figure it out and say, okay, this is what we're doing with the all-star game and let's just move forward. I maintain the game is the worst part of all-star weekend. It just, it holds the least amount of interest to me. It was fun. The first couple of years of drafting teams right. like that, that was, you know, yeah. that was, that was fun. You know, they've played around with different things with that. Uh, you know, they, they continually talk about USA versus the world. Um, one of the mm-hmm. things that they don't want to do with that is they don't want to get stuck into uh, what if there's only like seven world all-stars this year? Like mm-hmm. now we have to pick 12. Um, so that's something they, they, they seem to be fairly resistant against. Um, I'm fine. If they go back to East versus West, I, I personally, I don't really care. Um, I very rarely watch the all-star game itself. I usually have it on while I do other things. Um, but that's also like when we're in the middle of, or we've been grinding for months straight, like I'm ready to you know have a little bit of time off. Yeah. Right. So it you know becomes like that. There's that's the last half of that week of time off. So I, I don't know, man. I I until they find something that everybody universally loves and pulls in tons of ratings and people think is awesome. I just think it's they're gonna keep trying different stuff and it is what it is. I think ultimately it just comes down to this. There, there's a reason why you don't, and I'm right there with you. There's a reason why. We don't really care whether or not we see the all-star. And we do that. Like, this is our job. Yeah. Right? And we don't... I don't. I went on vacation last year during the, during the all-star break, and I, I caught the very end of the game, and it was a snooze fest. The reason why that is the case, though, us who love basketball probably more than 99.9% of people on this planet, why we don't care? It's because the players don't care. Yeah. If the players, do, if the players cared... And they were going after each other in this game and they were playing it with intensity, we would care too. So that's the problem that needs to be addressed. And if it's East versus West, whatever, whatever it is, format-wise, whatever you need to do to get the players to care, if that's even important to you. And maybe it's not, maybe it's more important that you have a break mm-hmm. in the middle of the season and you have a reset. And that's totally fine too. If you decide that is the most important thing for the league. But if you're saying, hey, we want the all-star game to be must-watch TV then you have to get the players to care about it. That will solve the rest of your problems. If you can get the players to care about the all-star game, if they don't, nobody else is going to either. Yeah. Yeah. I really don't have anything to add to that portion of it. This all came out of, he did an interview with Stephen A. Smith uh, on uh, whatever show first take, I think it was, or get up. Well, one of the ESPN shows. Mm-hmm. Um, he also talked about the length of the season. Um, you know, and he's a, talked a little bit about the load management stuff that you know nothing none of their data which i'd still love to see um supports load management or shortening the season i have a new take you want to hear my new yeah i've been saying it's maybe a hot take but it's more probably lukewarm no more preseason games have training camp yep have training camp start at the same time do two weeks of training camp and then just start the regular season just go right into the regular season. You could add probably about two weeks to the regular season, stretch out, eliminate even more of the back-to-backs, if not eliminate them entirely mm-hmm. by adding two more weeks into the season. Everybody's still, you're not adding, you're not asking the players to come in any earlier because they're still coming in at the same time. Yep. These guys all come in in shape. 
nobody's playing their way into shape anymore in the preseason. That's been a not a thing for you know 20, 25 years. They come in hitting the ground running. They're, and, they're not coming know, in smoking cigarettes like exactly, Dwight, yeah, exactly. You know, trying to <laughs> shed the you know 30 pounds they put on while they were doing their you know card insurance salesman job in the offseason. Like that's not not a right. thing anymore. So you know, come in, give them two weeks of training camp. Then the coaches just, you know, they get two full weeks to work with their roster. And then you go, because all these teams tell you every year, yeah, the first month is just about us figuring it out anyway. We'll call it what it is and figure it out because I'm tired of watching these preseason games anyway, where it's like last night the Celtics played the Knicks, and I'm putting that in quotations because it was like Knicks, like lower end backups. And yeah. a couple, you know, regular guys played a little for them, but for the most part, it was, you know, no, none of the Knicks regulars, Boston's done it the other way too, where they sat a bunch of their main guys. And I imagine they're playing tomorrow against Charlotte in their preseason finale. I'd be shocked if any of the starters play like you just, you can get all those reps in training camp and just go and then start it earlier, eliminate a couple back-to-backs and off we go. So that's just, you know, I don't know. I'm probably missing all kinds of complications with that. Well, Mostly what I know I'm missing is the owners are not going to want to give up two or three or four more dates in a building where they can mm-hmm. sell tickets. Yeah, so you're losing the – like like the Lakers had six preseason games this year. That's six games of revenue, that, and it's yeah. not as high a revenue as a regular season game. Yeah. But ESPN was broadcasting those games, right? Like that's – so that's part of the factor too. But yeah. – Maybe that is a better middle ground. Like we've talked about, if you were to chop 10 games off the season, you would improve the overall quality of the product because you wouldn't have teams playing on the second night of a back-to-back, on the road, exhausted, and the and the game itself suffers as a, as a result, right? Because players yeah. are, are tired. Um, so you would improve the quality of the game. But maybe rather than give up 10 regular season games, because that's a maybe it's a lesser financial hit. And I know it's a lesser financial hit, if you give up the four to six preseason, which preseason is weird that teams yeah. have different amounts of preseason games. Yeah. Well, um, remember, it used to be like eight to 12. Yeah. Like it was crazy, like back in the day. So, yeah. Yeah. Yep. So maybe that is a, a better middle, middle ground. And then you can keep your 82 game season and you can eliminate some of the back to backs, improve the product of the floor. And the pinch you have to feel for losing games is, I mean, we're still talking about millions upon millions of dollars, but it's sure. much less. And you know what? You could you could replace some of the program like look the nfl does great with hard knocks yeah let's do yep. you know go inside yep. training camps and let's do some yep. stuff like that and you know or maybe you set up you know what you do is you set up regional scrimmages but still oh. still sell tickets but it can be like things where you know a lot of times in these scrimmages coaches will come out and be like all right hey what we're going to actually do is uh boston has the ball for the next 20 possessions and uh-huh. you're just going to play defense and we're going to run through a bunch of different stuff. And maybe you, you set the Celtics up with the Raptors and the Knicks with the Nets and then nobody really has to travel, but you can still open those up yeah. for fans to come or whatever you want to do. And, you know, say, Hey, cause everybody, it, well, not everybody, but a lot of teams do an open practice, you know, for the fans where it's, you know, Hey, open practice night, come on down to the gym yeah. or whatever. But yeah. Or maybe, 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 you know, I don't know, start the G league roster building earlier and work against your G league team, take your NBA guys to your G league city and actually have them play against. I mean, I know for some, like for the Lakers, their G league team plays at the practice facility, right? That's not as cool of a thing, but like, 
the Celtics G League team is in Maine. Imagine if the Celtics actually were in Maine for, you know, a couple of days, like you could do that. You know, there's a lot of different things you could do um, with, with this stuff where I think you still have revenue opportunities and opportunities to bring fans in without, you know, having to have it run the way that way it does now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's not a bad idea. That's not a bad idea. I like it. All right. Let's finish with our scheduled <laughs> nonsense. Keith, this is so crazy. It's so crazy. So the Melissa Rowland, I, I don't for Fox Sports. I don't know how she found all this info. It's amazing. But apparently, there was the the rumor for, for non Lakers fans. You maybe didn't hear as much about this. There was a rumor that started up over the summer. Hold on, hold on. And non Taylor Swift fans that maybe just oh. happen to be crossover fans here at the it's, front office show. We okay. have one at least. My you've daughter, got one. So. You you've got one. You've got you've got another one that rolls his eyes every time that she's on with Travis Kelsey, and you know the Chiefs games <laughs> get more focused on that than on the football game. But anyway, um, this is apparently she figured out that the rumor that Austin Reeves was dating Taylor Swift, which seemed to just pop up out of nowhere, was one of those things where you went what? But it was like just close enough to believable that people went. Okay, this is really a thing to the point where Austin has had to address this many, many times over over the summer. Like literally a couple of days ago, Darvin Ham even made a joke about it at one of his pressers. Rob Palinka addressed it at their opening media presser. Uh, Far too seriously for yes. Rob Palinka. But that, you know, but Darvin Ham treated Palenka. it with the amount of seriousness it should have yes. been treated with. Well, she, Melissa Rowland, the reporter for for Fox News. Uh, or Fox Sports, um, she tracked it down and figured out that where the whole rumor, she was able to to drill down and figure out that where the whole thing started, it was with a Clippers employee using his burner account on Twitter, on X, I guess I should say, and that is where the rumor started and it took off. And for this to all, for the, the big reveal... The Scooby-Doo style, the mask gets pulled off. For it to be a Clippers employee, Keith, that is just, I mean, that is the epitome of chef's kiss. <laughs> this is absolutely incredible. And and to me, I think this is a hilarious and and funny story that that's what it all, this, this thing that the Lakers have had to address all along comes from a Clippers employee who did not do this intentionally, apparently, didn't think this was going to be a thing for the Lakers. It's actually a Lakers fan. That happens to work. Yeah, which is that's like the extra little bit of weirdness to it. A right? Clippers employee who is a Lakers fan. <laughs> well, I'd have to yeah. imagine if the you know if they're working in LA, if the Clippers restrict their hiring to just Clippers fans, they're oh, gonna yeah, have a you, tough time. Sure. Yeah, you, they're gonna you, have a tough. You'd time. have a far more limited pool to pick from for sure. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> that was the whole thing is just funny. so absurd. It. I, I get it. I'd have to. We'd have to go back story by story. But to me, it, it reminds me of the DeAndre Jordan chair-cade, the chair barricade <laughs> back in the day when people were, you know, the emojis were flying all over X and, you and, know, and Mark, pictures Mark Cuban of, was driving around trying to find him or whatever was going on. Screenshots of emojis, if you're Paul <laughs> Pierce. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> not, not the actual emoji itself, but a screenshot of the emoji. <laughs> Which, why? Who knows? I guess he's just old and doesn't know how to work his phone. I guess. Um, yeah, I mean, the whole thing is fun. Go read the story. Both you and I have both retweeted it. Mm -hmm. um, you or reposted, whatever the hell we're calling it now. Right. Um, 
go find it. You can find it very easily. Uh, Melissa did a really good job with it. I thought she did a good job too, keeping it lighthearted and funny because that's what it's supposed to be. And I, one of my favorite parts was uh, the, the the guy who started it all saying like how his sister is angry with him because she's a huge Swifty. That's right. You know, which I thought was funny. <laughs> um, you and I, Kevin, talked to Austin Reeves. Some very much understand his family and friends being like, it would have been more believable if they said he was at a golf course with her because, yes. you know, if, if, if Austin not a Reeves is, person, yeah, if Austin Reeves ever no shows to the Lakers, it's going to be because he's like, I'm done with basketball. I'm just going to golf now. Yeah. Like, I just don't want to do, do this anymore. Like that, that would be the only reason he wouldn't be around. So, you know, it, but yeah, man, it's, it, it really is pretty funny. Like the whole thing is just, you know, so absurd. And it, it all goes to show too, like, how quickly people get caught up in, in this stuff. Like, you know, and, you know, and it also goes to show, I mean, just the power that she has. Right. So mm. I think you should lead the whole thing, thumbnails and everything with Taylor Swift. And we'll, we'll, this will probably be our most watched episode we've ever done. <laughs> Maybe we'll see. I don't know if there's a big Taylor Swift basketball fan crossover. If I don't was... know that there need, does there need to be? Just be like, we talk Taylor Swift. And I think it would if we, if it, if it was we talked to Taylor Swift. Oh, well, that would yeah. that would be a different story. But we sure. talked Taylor Swift. I don't know how many of our fans would tune in, <laughs> tune in for that, nor how many of her fans would do. They, they'd be like, "What? What? I don't need a basketball guy's opinion on Taylor no. Swift." So, but they'll tune in anyway, and that's all we really might. care about at the end of the day. They Just might at that at that point. We would have to drop merch <laughs> at that point. Oh, for sure. At that point, yeah, yeah. Hey, All right, I've been boning up on the entire Taylor Swift catalog and songbook because my daughter has me like locked in that I promised I will know the words to the songs by the time we go to the concert roughly a year from now. Oh so she is, uh, yeah, she's, she's got that, that one controls things, right? When they say, uh, yeah, it has me wrapped around her little finger. That's a hundred percent true with that one. So you're, you're studying up, studying yeah. up. I'm going to admit I don't exactly mind. I am, though. We like two different things. She likes her, like, ballads, and I like her more poppy, upbeat stuff. So um, so we're, we, we we come to our swiftiness from uh, opposite ends of the spectrum, I guess. But as long as we get there in the end, that's all that really matters. If she ever goes metal, let me know. And then, and then I'll, <laughs> I'll be, let you know. I'll be in. I'll You'll be know because she'll be automatically at the top of the charts because that's just how it works. Everything she touched turns to gold, man. That's true. That's true. Um, yeah, including that. I mean, the Chiefs, their jersey, Travis Kelsey jersey sales went way up, and yep. all that kind that of stuff. Movie of her concerts now the most watched concert movie ever, and it only took one weekend. Like, yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. Incredible. Like, I I wish I could say like, oh, I totally get it. I don't get it, but. <laughs> I mean, Your hey, daughter's just she's, not old enough. That's that's, that's all that's it, what is. it is. Yeah. That's what yeah. it is. That's yeah, what, if it, she man. if she was the one who sang "Let It Go," I'd be like, "Oh, okay, <laughs> yep. okay, yep, there, yep." There and you get it, yeah, because yep, that's that's sure. my world still. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you everybody for for joining. Make sure you do subscribe. I can't promise Taylor Swift content every single day. Probably not going to happen, but we will talk <laughs> NBA basketball every single day so make sure you do subscribe turn on those notifications and tell a friend tell a friend about the nba front office show till next time everybody see you and stay safe whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance 
That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.